Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. For the sake of time, I just want to—I want to kind of just get straight into it. Um, for the last couple of months, mu- couple of months ago, God really spoke to me and, and called me to kind of really study the parables of Jesus. You know. These words that Jesus spoke are, are so deep and there's so much to them. And in those last few months, I've really been reading it and studying it and there's still a lot more to go. But as I was reading one of the parables recently, um, it really spoke to me and resonated with me and I wanted to, to preach on that today. You know, the words of Jesus are, are vital for, the, for our lives. And in these parables that Jesus spoke, the, the reason why he shared these parables was mainly for two reasons. One, to kind of hide who he was from the Pharisees and from those who didn't want to hear, but then also to reveal the depth of who he was to those who were wanting to hear. And, and in, that, in those parables, when we read it, and what I really want to encourage you today is when you hear this, you know, you might have read it a hundred times before, but don't let these words pass you by. Truly, really listen and even ask God, ask the Holy Spirit just to reveal what it means to you today, what God is trying to speak to you through the parable today because it's so important for us and it can be so impactful like it was for, for me and is for me. So if you go to Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to be reading verses uh, 24 to 29. Sorry, it's a bit echoey. This parable is, is spoken at the, is his conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. You know, Jesus spoke this Sermon on the Mount, this amazing passage in a few chapters of revealing the, the depths of the Christian life, and, and Jesus was speaking both to his disciples and all who had followed him. So it has application to all of us. It's not just a restricted group. And you'll see, that, you'll see why this is so important that he speaks this parable at the end of everything else that he's spoken beforehand. But this is speaking about building on the rock. And this is kind of his way of signing off on everything else he has spoken beforehand on the mountain. So I'm just going to read it here, verses 24 to 29. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Even that last bit there is so amazing when it says Jesus taught as one having authority. You know, what that's saying is Jesus wasn't just reciting words. He wasn't just reading off of something else or quoting something. It was saying, not only am I the author of these words, but by my power and by who I am, I am holding these words up. I'm upholding them. I'm making it the framework and the foundation of your lives. I'm not just saying these words. My authority means that these are cemented eternally in place as as the governing rulership and leadership of our lives. That's what it means when it says Jesus spoke as one having authority. 
And it even says that even those who were there, both the disciples and those that weren't even believers yet, they even recognized that, and it says that they were astonished. And they could recognize that Jesus had authority, that he wasn't just saying these words, that he was putting these in place forever. These were, these were forever eternal words for us. Anyway, that's for another time. I'm not going to speak on authority, but what this parable, I, there's three key points in this parable that I wanted just to hit at today. And the first point is this parable clearly speaks about what we are to do when we hear the word. You know, you see that in both scenarios, both, both of the builders in these scenarios, they both heard the word. It wasn't about, it wasn't about whether you hear the word of, of God or not. It's not about whether, you know, if God speaks to you or not, although that's super important. But the, the difference is, is whether they were doing or living out that very word that was spoken to them. And this building, this building that, you know, God was showing to me, this building was, represents our lives. It represents what we do. It's our actions. It's, it's the areas of our lives. That is what the building represents for us. And oftentimes, God will, will speak to you. There might be times when you are reading the Bible, God's speaking to you through the, through the scriptures. Maybe God is speaking to you through prayer or through some like the worship like we had today or through someone else's testimony, that God will speak to us through these things. And oftentimes, he's preparing you, but it's also a call and an invitation from God to steward that word that he's given you. Not just to hear it, but to actually receive it and then live it out as well as part of our lives. And it's to start preparing and digging deep and building in advance for, for the rest of your life and for the things that you do later on, that it becomes the foundation of your life, the things that Jesus says. And this is what Jesus was saying after the Sermon on the Mount, after everything he said, after all that he's been speaking about through all the different things, the motives of the heart, the way you do things, what the Christian life represents, what Christ calls us to live in. He then speaks about and reveals to all who will listen that if you steward these words, then what you build will remain. If, you, if not only do you just hear what I'm saying, if you then make it the framework of your life, if you say this, these words of Jesus become the words of my life and I shape and I mold myself so now what Jesus says becomes my, becomes my heart. That becomes who I am. Those are my principles. They're my foundations. They're my non-negotiables. If the words of Jesus become that in my life, then that's when we have the foundation and then what we build remains. And that's what Jesus was saying. That's the way he was signing it off. He's saying, everything I've spoken now, now if you will do these words, then what you build will remain. And that's the only way that when we do this, when we receive with, with humility and with and with reverence the words of Jesus and apply it, that's when we're able to see the word have an impact in our life. That's when what we build lasts and is not in vain. You know, the second point in this that I saw is that there are two things here, that the, the storm hits both, that the storm doesn't change based on, based on one scenario or the other, the storm hits both. And that the other thing as well is the storm doesn't come to test you, but the storm comes to test what you've built. That when you are born again and you are sealed, you receive the Spirit of God, you receive the Spirit of Jesus, and you are a new creation, and that is a wonderful miracle. And it's not coming to test your salvation, but it is coming to test what you have built in your life. And that's what the storm comes to. It's not coming against you, it's coming against everything that you've done. 
and it's, and it's the things that you've done, it's the heart attitude, it's, it's the why behind the things that you've done, or it's the way you've gone about things, or what you have built, is what is the foundation on that. And that's what the storm comes to test. It comes, to, it comes against the things that we've built, not us. You know, there may be things, we may have wonderful careers, we may have wonderful marriages or relationships, we have wonderful, fruitful areas of our life, but, if our, but it's important to know what is the foundation that that's being built upon. Is it being built upon Jesus, the rock of ages, or is it built, being built upon familiarity, the things that we're good at, maybe our giftings, maybe the things we have experience in, maybe it's being built on family traditions that we've always had or just ways we go about life. But if it's not built on Jesus, it can't remain. And that is the key thing. You know, the, me- the metric that God uses in the Christian life, you see it right through the Bible, through all the kings, through all the men and women of God, through even the new covenant, the metric that God uses is longevity. It is consistency. It is, it is day by day. That God isn't looking for someone that's a flash in the pan or someone that has a great start, but he's looking for us to finish well. He's looking for us to be consistent. He's looking for us for daily communion, daily fellowship with Jesus, to be even throughout, throughout all the seasons of your life, no matter what you're going through, to be consistent and, and have longevity in your walk with God. That that is what God honors. That's why Jesus, when he spoke in John 15, he speaks about, he doesn't just speak about fruit, but he says, the fruit that remains. That he is looking for that which remains. It's not just, be, just because something's going good in the moment. He wants that to stand the test of time. He wants you that when you, at the end of your life, that you have left a legacy and there is lasting impact of the things that you've done. That it, doesn't, it didn't just come and go, but it stands the test of time for your kids, for your grandkids, for anything that you've worked on that God has used you for. It's not, it's not been built to come and go. That God wants it to last and he wants it to have longevity and he wants it to remain. And this is part, part of this is part of the overriding call of stewardship in our life and in the Christian life of walking with Jesus, that we may hear the gospel. We may hear what Jesus has done in our life. We may hear who Jesus is. We may hear what Jesus is calling us into and what he has got for us and the plan for our life, which are all amazing. But if we don't steward what he's given us, if we don't then live out what he's given us, if we don't then receive that with gladness and say, okay, I am going to walk this walk, then, in, as, in the, as Jesus taught in stewardship, he can't entrust us with more. You know, so often, there are times where maybe we want to hear God's voice and we don't, we don't hear God speak to us as much as we did before. It might be because God has spoken to us and we've not chosen to take it, we've not chosen to go his way, and God can't entrust us with more of his voice because we're not stewarding and honouring what he has spoken to us before. And sometimes, you know, even the other day I was praying, God, remind me of the things you've spoken of before, that I can honour that again. That I, can, I, I, that I would take this and I would revere it and I, I, would, I would live this out. That it wouldn't, I don't want to just be someone that hears it and goes, oh, God spoke to me a new way today, an amazing thing, but I don't ever live it out. I don't ever do anything with it. I just hear it. And then God can't entrust you with more if, if we don't honour what he gives us in the first place. If we can't honour the gospel of Jesus of of loving your enemies, of praying for those that are in sick, of, of committing our lives to Jesus, of following him and in all of his ways, we put a barrier and we limit wh- how much God can give to us. And that is the, the principle of stewardship that you see right throughout the Bible, right throughout the Gospels. 
And that's what it's speaking of here is, is when we're building these things, when we are receiving the word of Jesus, what are we doing with that word? What are we doing with that gospel? What are we doing with who Jesus is and what he calls us to? Are we just hearing it? Do we just know about it? Can we recite the scripture? Or is that a part of our life? Does that become a witness in our life for Jesus? And that is, that is actually the great challenge of the Christian life, that sometimes you'll get these amazing words that God speaks to you, or these clear directions, or God speaks to you in the scriptures. But it kind of acts as a, it kind of raises the standard that if we live out that word, it brings a great blessing to our life. That if we are obedient to the words of Jesus, God not only blesses us in this life, but in the life to come, and it has eternal fruit to it but it is also the standard to which God holds you by. You know, that God held the Pharisees to a higher standard because he says, you know the word and you're not living it. It talks about in Hebrews, he said, even the ones that aren't of Israel, even that they are living, even if they're not living according to the law, they're ignorant to the law, but you who know the law have ignored the law. And there was a greater standard raised. And that when we hear the words of Jesus, when we hear God or we read the Bible, that God is then expecting us to live that out because he has a great blessing and a reward for your life. I don't want to make this sound bad, but then he does call us to live that way and, he, and there is a, a standard that God has on our life. And it is important that that kind of that healthy fear of the Lord, that when we, we hear the words of Jesus, when we are reading the gospel or when God is clearly speaking to us, that, that it, those aren't just light words, that they have weight to them. That the words of Jesus carry a weight to them and that in when we receive these words, it's, all right, God, help me to live this out. How can I implement this in my life? How can I live this way? How can I change my heart? How can I actually live this out? I don't want to be someone that just hears the gospel. I don't want to be someone that just knows about Jesus but cannot live Jesus in my life. And I can't let him transform my heart. You, we never want that to be the case of us. That's why it says in, in the stewardship, that's why Jesus says, to him who has, more will be given. But to him who does not have, even what he has, I'll take away. To him who has, to him who does my word, I will give you even more. I will show you even more. I will give you even more fruit, even more blessing. I'll open up more doors for you. But to you who doesn't have, to you that rejects my words, even the wisdom that I gave you before, you're going to forget that wisdom. That's going to pass you by because you have not stewarded and honoured the words that I've spoken to you. Because these words carry weight. The words of Jesus, the gospel carries great weight to it because in it is life and life abundantly. And it is so important for us today. And we see here that Jesus is not calling us to build on our own foundation. He's not, building us, he's not calling us to build based on what our families taught us or what our parents taught us growing up, even though they can be important. It's not to build based on the way we've always done things, but it's to be built on the solid rock and the gospel of Jesus Christ and on Christ and him crucified that this is the standard, this is the way that God calls us to live. And in building on that, then we have a firm foundation. Then we have fruit that remains. Then it stands the test of time. Even in a storm, even in all these situations, it stands the test of time. What you have built has a legacy and it endures. And that is what Jesus is calling us to. You know, even me personally, I'm not just preaching this base because I've accomplished this. This is God working in me in the last few months God has really been highlighting to me even in the area of finances that, you know, we have a child now and, and all of these things. And it's like God has been showing me that in an extent I've been relying on things that I'm good at or things that I've had experience in or things that I've done for a long time. And when those things start to shake or 
things in the economy or prices rise or other things, do we then become anxious because it's been built on our own foundation? Do we then become worried or afraid because what, what we've known has become unsure? Or is the rock firmly Jesus Christ? Is it, okay, God has given me these things and God, thank you for that and I'm grateful for that, but my provider and my source is Jesus and him alone. And through it all, he is the Alpha and Omega and he's the one who endures. My giftings don't last, my abilities don't remain, but Jesus remains. And he is faithful and, and like the testimonies today, he is a good God. He is a good God. And, he... and the third thing that this spoke to me is the vanity of life when we don't build on the rock. You know, in that, in that parable, they built the house. There was a building there, but it was vain. It was like a, well, advanced, it was like a, it was like a shell. There was nothing in it. There was nothing that endured. And as soon as the storm came, it fell. And the scripture says, great was its fall. And this is the vanity of a life of, or areas of our life where Jesus is not the foundation, that the gospel and the words of Jesus are not the foundation of that area of our life. It becomes vanity. And I just want to read, you don't have to go there. I just want to read the beginning of Psalm 127 that I believe speaks of this so well. And it highlights the, the vanity of building about a firm foundation. It says here in verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. It says that if you are building a house without Jesus, if you are a watchman, someone even in all these things, if you are doing these things without Jesus, without the instruction of the Lord, and without the foundation of Jesus, then it is all vanity. It is all vanity. That's why even it speaks about in Corinthians at the end of time that God will test the things of our life through fire, and, and it's the things made of gold, it's the, the things made of silver, it's the things that endure the fire. Those things that remain will be the eternal fruit. That God isn't just looking for any fruit, he's looking for fruit that remains. He's looking for what he births. He's looking for the things that he has ordained and he has called us into. He's looking for fruit that comes from his life and him alone. That's why the foundation has to be Jesus. It can't be, it can't be based on things we're comfortable in. It can't be based on our experience or things that we're good at. It has to be purely on Jesus. Otherwise, there is no foundation. It wasn't like in that parable that there was another foundation that was a bit rockier. It was either you have a foundation or you don't. You're either building on the rock or you're not. And that is the absolute of the Christian life, that Jesus is not a gray area, that Jesus is not a take it or leave it or a 50-50. Jesus is light and without light there is darkness. And it says the darkness could not comprehend the light. That the light of the gospel is the only light of our lives and there is no other light. There is no other way. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And how you begin this year, I, I believe this is a word, a word for us, and this is definitely what God was speaking to me, but how you begin this year is important. You might have new projects. You might have new initiatives. You might have new relationships or new careers or whatever, but it has to be founded on Jesus. You've got to make sure at the beginning of this year that you're not just going about it in your own way, but it is God who really is calling you into it. That we don't ever want to assume God's will. 
We don't ever want to be ones that think it is good because, as Jesus said, only God is good. That only when it comes from God is it good. And we never want to be ones that assume what God is calling us into without truly knowing it's from him or without seeking him beforehand. And there might be areas of your life, like I was saying earlier, there might be certain areas of your life that, hey, they are really strong in the Lord, that you know that this is of Jesus and your identity and your security in that area is firmly in Christ and who you are in him. But there might be areas of your life where it is a bit unsure, where you've always had it good in that area and sometimes we get complacent on things because we've all, it's just familiarity, we've always done it this way. But the foundation must be of Jesus in every single area of our life because that's the only thing that will stand. That's the only thing that will stand the test of time. You know, we are not to build our own beliefs or our foundation, but it is on Jesus' authority. It's upon him that we build our lives. That's why he is called the chief cornerstone. You know, Jesus, the prophet said, and then Jesus said, the stone which the builders has rejected has become the chief cornerstone. In other words, it doesn't matter if, well, it does matter, but in, the grand, in terms of the eternal world, it doesn't matter if you accept or reject Jesus. It doesn't change who he is in the sense that he is the cornerstone, he is the foundation, and it doesn't matter if you believe that or don't believe that, Jesus is the foundation. He is the chief cornerstone. He said the stone which the builders rejected, the stone which the Pharisees and those of the law, they rejected Jesus, he is the steep chief cornerstone. He's not even just a, a stone, he is the chief cornerstone. He is the foundation that the whole building is built upon. That's why it's so important for us that it must be on Jesus Christ. It must be on the gospel. It must be on him crucified that we build our lives in every area of it. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of how we've done it before, it has to be upon Jesus. On Jesus alone, who is the living word. Otherwise, everything we do, imagine that, every, all of our accomplishments, it might be, might be even amazing successes, it might be achievements, it might be anything we even try to do. If it's not founded on Jesus, if it's not birthed by God himself, it will be in vain. It will not stand the test of time. What, what a shame that would be for our lives if we get to the end and we think, wow, we've done all of this. And God says, that was, I, never asked, I never called you to do that. You, you never did that with me. You never did that with me. And that's what God looks for. He looks for partnership with us. He looks for us to securely place our lives in his hands, to really surrender and go, Jesus, you know what? These words are really hard to understand. These words are really challenging for me, but I want to submit myself to your word. Help me to become this word. Help me to make, this, make my heart the gospel, make my heart the Beatitudes that Jesus said in the beginning of that Sermon on the Mount. Help me to become what you are asking me to be. I don't want to just hear it and then have my own ideas and kind of bring you in a little bit. I want all of God in all of my life, and I want that to fill my whole heart and my whole life. I want my whole life to have a firm foundation. I don't want there to be anything rocky in my life. I don't want it to be anything that cannot stand and endure the test of time. You know, and that's what I really want to encourage you guys in, that you know, in all your devotions, in all maybe your commitments and your relationship with God, in all of these things, to his word, you might have amazing New Year's resolutions. But make sure you aren't just hearing the word. Make sure, you know, when you get that verse of the day or you get your devotional, you're not just hearing it, but you're really meditating on it and going, okay, can I, put, can I make this part of my life? How do I make this a part of my life? How, God, help me to transform me according to this image, the image of Jesus. Help me to become what you're saying, not just so I can quote it, 
not just so I can read it and say that I'm a good Christian because I've done that for the day, but I want to become this word so I can honor the words that you say so you can trust me with more. So you can trust me with more. That Jesus is the rock of ages. And as you do that, as you pray the scriptures, as you spend your time and you really humble yourself through the scriptures, God will continue to shape you and mold you. And like it says in Romans 8, the great call of the Christian life is to be conformed into the image of his son, to be molded and shaped into the image of Jesus himself. And you become more and more acquainted with and become more and more like Jesus every step of the way as you allow the word to transform you. And that, what it, that is part of what it means to abide in him. So when Jesus says, you abide in me and my words abide in you. You don't just hear the word, but it becomes your heart. It becomes the, the motives of your life. It, it changes your actions. It changes why you do and how you do the things that you do. And that's when his word is able to abide in you and it brings the great fruit that remains. You know, that's how the gospel is meant to work. It's meant to shape how we raise our family. It's meant to change how we live with one another, how we treat our spouse, how we treat our friends, how we, how we even love our enemies, as Jesus calls us to, how we pray for one another. It's, it's meant to be an all-encompassing change to our life. That's why the, God calls us into a new creation. That's why he says that we are born again. It's not, it's not my old life with a few other extras. It's, it's a brand new life that God calls us into and that Jesus calls us into. You know, just to give an example of my life, I remember... This happened a few weeks ago. I was just reading the scriptures, and this one scripture really stood out to me, and it was in Psalm, I think it was Psalm 4, and it says, offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. And I was like, wow, I've never really read it, never really stuck out to me before, whatever. A few days later, I was really betrayed and, and, and manipulated and used by someone that I was kind of trusting in, and they kind of, they lied to me and kind of manipulated me, and they did it from the start, and it was kind of exposed and I was really frustrated by that, and it was really troubling me for a few days that, man, after all of this that I'd done, after I kind of did everything that I could do, and then they kind of just lied to me and just used me. And then just that scripture came to mind that offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. And God was saying there, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to get angry about this? Are you, going to, are you going to push back, or are you going to submit? You become meek and lowly. Are you going to live a righteous life? Are you still going to do good in the midst of those who do wrong against you? Are you, as Jesus said in the Beatitudes and in the Sermon Mount, are you going to pray for those that use you? Are you going to bless those who persecute you? Are you going to love your enemies? Or are you just going to hear that word and then carry on living your life doing it how you want to do? Because if I do that, how can I expect God to trust me even more? And I've forsaken the Christian life to go my own way. But God was calling me, he was preparing me, so then in that moment, are you going to forgive those? And not only forgive them, are you going to pray for them? Are you going to love them? Are you going to continue to live righteously, even in the face of those that use you? These are the ways. There are, there are many other ways, but these are the ways that we walk closer and closer with Jesus. And when you do that, you will look back on your life and you will go, wow, the things that I've been doing, the things that I've been going, they have, made, they have lasted They've not been things that I picked up for three months, came to a dead end, it stopped. Picked up for six months, came to a dead end, stopped. You go, man, that lasted years upon years upon years upon years. You look at even IBTI, that is decades and decades and decades of, of legacy and of history because it's been built on a firm foundation that 
you can look back on your life and when you follow Jesus, not only will it remain, but there'll be greater and greater fruit to it because you are walking in the ways of Jesus. And that's what I want to encourage you guys in, even in these New Year's resolutions, in everything that goes on this year, make sure the foundation is on Christ, on Christ crucified and on the scriptures. And when you do that, you have a firm, firm foundation. You know, there's this wonderful hymn that I heard the other uh, few weeks ago. I won't, I won't um, do you harm with me singing it, but it said, there's this amazing line in it, and it said, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. But on Christ the solid rock, that's what I stand upon. Everything else sinks. Nothing else is solid, but Jesus, him alone, he is my solid rock. And on him I stand in every area of my life. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.